What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Today's episode is with Jeff Cottrell. Jeff is the Chief Marketing Officer at Topgolf. We talk about the company's growth from zero venues to more than 70 today. What has changed since their $2 billion merger with Callaway last year and how they are contributing to the surge of interest in golf globally. This was an awesome conversation with Jeff, and I hope you guys enjoy it. But before we get into it, let's quickly run through today's sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Whoop. I've been wearing a Whoop for several years now, and it has made a massive difference in my life. It's the only tech product that I wear 24-7, so it's pretty cool to see people like Patrick Mahomes, Rory McIlroy, Michael Phelps, and Justin Bieber wearing one also. Whoop automatically measures your respiratory rate, oxygen level, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, calories, and activity levels throughout the day. Sure, it might sound complex, but Whoop interprets the data for you so it's easy to digest and actionable. And now, their 4.0 is officially back in stock and shipping in real time. But here's the best part. Whoop is offering my listeners 15% off their Whoop 4.0 right now with the code Joe at checkout. So go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com and enter Joe at checkout to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, and now feel healthier with Whoop. Next up is Element. I've been focusing on my hydration levels for the past few months, and I've learned that chugging water isn't the most important thing, but replenishing electrolytes is. When you sweat, the primary electrolyte loss is sodium. Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. But since drinking Element, I feel more energized and experience fewer headaches and muscle cramps. It's simple. I just add it to my water every morning, and I'm ready to go. No sugar, no junk. There's a reason why hundreds of pro athletes and teams across the NBA and NFL are using it also. That's because it works. And now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. So go get yours at drinkelement.com slash Joe. This deal is only available through my link. So make sure you go to drink, D-R-I-N-K, Element, L-M-N-T, dot com slash Joe. Joe Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of Joe Pompliano and his guests are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion by Joe or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, let's get into this episode. All right, everyone, I'm here with Jeff Cottrell, who is the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer at Topgolf. Jeff, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm uh, ecstatic to do this. I feel like there's a lot we can talk about. Golf is a game that I think most people probably know at this point has grown tremendously over the last few years, specifically kind of through COVID and so forth. But Top Golf, I feel like sits at a very interesting place in the dynamic of golf as a sport. For instance, like when you get asked about Top Golf, how do you explain what Top Golf is? Is it an entertainment company? Is it a in-person kind of venue? Like how do you talk through exactly what Top Golf is? It's funny. I describe it as a tech-enabled entertainment company that brings a new way to play golf. And then, you know, then I'll go on for a bit about, you know, golf is an intimidating game with lots of barriers to entry. We try to eliminate all those. Our our whole goal is to just get you in get you playing and, and have fun with your friends, your family, your coworkers, or you know, whoever. And what does that look like for your customer base? Is it mostly that you guys are attracting people that don't play at all? Maybe people that play occasionally? Is it hardcore golfers? Like, Just talk me through kind of who you're seeing coming through the doors at Topgolf. So the answer is, is yes. We see all of those coming through. We see a lot of people who come through that have never played the game before. We see a lot of people that play 
one round a month or something like that. And we see some hardcore golfers as well. The biggest percentage of people that come though are typically first time or beginner golfers. And again, our, our whole experience is set up to try to take the intimidation factor out of the game and for you to have fun while you're swinging a golf club. In a lot of cases, it's the first time anyone's even held a golf club. And if they swing and hit it, we celebrate. If they swing and miss, we call that a practice swing, and we celebrate it just as much as if someone hits it. It's just really all about having a fun, entertaining time. There's loud music. There's food. There's beverage. Like There's all the things that you don't see at a golf course, typical golf course. We have available at Golf. Yeah, I saw a video earlier today, actually, from the Top Golf account where it was a woman, and she was saying, I told my, my husband to watch the kids. And then the, the second video was the kids basically in their like strollers or their cribs at Top Golf while he's playing. <laughs> and he's got the beer on the table and he's playing and stuff. And I just thought it was great because it's so true. The atmosphere is is one thing, right? Like you don't feel intimidated when you show up. That's for sure. You can you can go and, and feel like you can swing and miss. You can hit it sideways. You can hit it the back wall. It doesn't really matter. You're having food. You're having drinks. You're with people. There's TVs, right? Like it's just fun. And that leads me to another point. Like. I think you were at Coca-Cola, Starbucks, Converse, some other more traditional brands, we'll call it before your role at Topgolf. And you've been at Topgolf for about a year now. What are like the similarities or differences between the traditional marketing of those companies versus what you're seeing at Topgolf? Well, I think first and foremost, I, I said the other day, someone asked me this question that I've been really fortunate. I've worked at some great places. I've worked on some great brands and I've learned from a lot of really great people. But never in my career have I been at a place that I'm so happy. And I'm happy because of the people that are here, the people I'm surrounded by, the people I get to work with every day, and then the people that work in our venues, and then the people that are coming in and having fun at our venues. So, you know, we sit at a really interesting place in golf. Golf sits at a very interesting crossroads right now. The game had a great resurgence during COVID. It's a way for people to get outside, social distance, and and get some form of, of activity or exercise. But you're seeing the game of golf expanding into both what I'll call on-course golf and off-course golf. And there are 12.5 million people that play only green grass golf. There's 12.4 million people that only play off-course golf, right? And then there's another 12 in the middle that play both. So off-course golf is nearly as big as golf itself now. So you're seeing that the fundamental ideas of the game kind of changing. It's not all about the country club or the public municipal course down the street. It's about different access points all over the place, whether it's video games, off-course experiences like top golf, or you know, a driving range or an actual green grass course. You're seeing lots of different ways into the game now. Yeah, so it feels almost like top golf has been part of the the expansion of the total addressable market of golf, right? Not necessarily stealing golf club members from the country club. Because if you want to play around a round of golf, you obviously can't necessarily do that at Top Golf. So you're bringing in people that wouldn't go do that traditionally, or just want to go to the range and, and practice and play with friends, which feels like something that's additive, not necessarily subtractive from the overall experience for for golf course owners and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we love golf. It's in our name, right? It's in our name. We love golf. We want golf to be healthy. So we're not in any way, shape, or form in competition or at odds with traditional green grass eighteen hole golf at all. We need it and want it to be healthy. But at the same time, we're offering a completely different experience to what you get on a green grass golf. And it is expanding, right? It's expanding what golf is. And in 10 years, there will be people that have never known a golf world without Top Golf in it. Yeah. Right. And that's exciting. That's exciting to us that the whole idea 
of the game and the makeup of the people that play it is going to change. And we're going to have something to do with that. What does the future of Top Golf look like? I think you guys have just over maybe it's 70 venues today. If we were to go five or 10 years out from now, like one, I guess the first question would be like, is that the plan just to continue to expand venues in new places? And then like, how many would you have got to at that point? Would you estimate? Well, we estimate and we've publicly said that we're going to open 11 venues a year for the foreseeable future. We, we have, yeah, over 50 venues in the next five years. Comfortably say there'll be over 50 new venues. We currently have 77 venues, mostly in the U.S., but also in international markets. There's great expansion opportunities in international markets. We'll continue to do that. And there's massive opportunities just in the United States and North America in markets that we don't exist in now. So massive potential to continue to grow. We're excited about what's in front of us. I think we have a good, strong brand. We're bringing something unique to the marketplace. Our goal is for people to come and play and have fun and leave with a smile on their face. That's winning. Yeah. One of the things I'm interested in talking about is Top Tracer, because correct me if I'm wrong, but I didn't know this a while ago, but I, I, I read it at some point that the technology that you see on PJ Tour or elsewhere, where the ball is being tracked in the air, basically, is Top Tracer. And you guys own that company. I think you bought it at, at some point, maybe 2015, 2016, around there. But where does that fit into all of this? Because it feels like there's an opportunity there to expand that outside of just the traditional venues that you guys are opening. I don't know if it's legacy golf ranges. I don't know if it's more kind of media-based deals or things like that. But it feels like that's a pretty important piece of technology in the golf landscape today. It's a very unique piece of technology, and we're really proud of it. And yes, it's it's used. You're familiar with it. If you watch golf on network television, you know that's our technology. We absolutely are bringing it to legacy and traditional driving ranges to enhance their experience. Data is a big deal in golf. People want to know if their game's getting better. They want to know their swing speed. They want to know the ball spin speed, the distance, all that kind of stuff enabled through Top Tracer. Yeah, it's a technology that drives a big part of our experience at Top Golf, but it's also a technology that's super flexible that we're using in a lot of other ways, a lot of other places. Yeah. And how do you think about that relationship, I guess, going back to traditional golf courses, right? Like, do you guys do any partnerships with them? Do you guys work with them in any capacity to like further the game in that way? Or are you guys more solely focused on the entertainment of it? We're focused on growing the game and bringing the idea of more play to the marketplace, to the world. We have our own golf course that we just opened two months ago, a little over two months ago in, in Los Angeles, in El Segundo. A full golf course? It's a 10-hole par-3 course. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was in El Segundo. It's called, it was called the Lakes, or is still called the Lakes. And it was a public course that had just sort of like not really very well funded, and it sort of fallen out of favor. And it's part of our deal. It took us over 10 years to build our El Segundo venue. And as part of the deal, we revived the golf course and it's a 10 hole golf course. It has top tracer technology on our 10th hole. So you can hit from the tees and you get your own trace, you know, delivered directly to your phone. It's super fun. It's not something I think we're going to open a bunch. We're not going to open a bunch of golf courses, but it's definitely been a great learning experience for us. Yeah, that feels probably a little bit more challenging than I would assume to open venues now that you guys have done so many of them. And it's probably somewhat term key at this point, but that's interesting. I didn't know that you guys were doing, or at least did at least one physical course now. Yeah, we got to get you out to El Segundo. You'll, you'll love the course. It doesn't matter what level golfer you are. You can be a very, like a beginner golfer and have a good time on this course. We have our number nine hole is the shortest hole in the course. And it's like, I think it's like 58 yards. 
and we mowed a strip on the fairway and you can putt. It's the first puttable par three. I love that. <laughs> so we're trying to have a little bit of fun and uh, bring a lightheartedness and a playfulness to the game. Yeah, I love that. I'm certainly more of a play fast and play good player because you can't be bad and play slow, right? So no, right, <laughs> I, true. <laughs> I, I do. I focus on just getting up and down and making sure that I'm not slowing anyone else down. True. I love that. So what are you guys thinking on the on the venue side? Like, are there anything you guys are doing around food and beverage or new additions to the venue side to make these a little more appealing to people? Well, I mean, we're going to continue to build them in markets that we don't, currently exist and we're constantly looking at our designs and what what we have to offer we offer a great food and beverage menu we have really good chefs on staff our menu is constantly changing and our food is really good and i'm not saying that because i work here i'm saying it as a customer before i worked here as a player at top golf the food's great and the experience at all yeah we're always looking to enhance if there are new technologies there's new games we have an angry birds game for example that you know, allows you to sort of combine the idea of the Angry Birds video game with a golf game. And we'll continue to do more stuff like that. You guys do, what's the golf, is it World Golf Tour also? The the mobile game? Yeah, WGT. Yeah, yeah, WGT. So that's probably a pretty big part of the business also, right? I don't know from a revenue perspective, but it's certainly well known. It's a big, it's the biggest online golf game in the world. Yeah, it's super fun. It's really fun. As I, as I sort of learned about it when I joined the company, I was just fascinated with the amount of digital golf balls we sell each year. It's just just remarkable how many golf balls, how many digital golf balls we sell on WGT each year. Yeah. So I've read a little bit about your guys, we'll call it North Star, right? Which is the unlimited power of play. Can you talk me through just kind of what that means to you and, and how you guys are thinking about that? Well, it means everything to me and I think everything to the company. So the idea of play, right? You know, we're, we're, we're kids. We're, we're told, you know, go out and play, play with your friends, you know, go, go out and do something, go out and play. And the older you get, the more play sort of slips away. The playfulness, the idea of, of play sort of slips away. And as we were sort of working through the North Star and this idea of bringing the world more play, you know, particularly coming out of the pandemic, it's just a really rich and interesting space for us. And I tell you a quick story of the guy that runs our top tracer business, a guy named Ben Sharp. He and I were at the tournament in Jacksonville, TPC in, in Jacksonville, I don't know, four or five months ago. We were walking through the course. It was getting ready to be a rain delay. To our right was this big hill. And there were like these two seven or eight-year-old kids who laid down at the top of the hill and rolled all the way down to the bottom of the hill. And they were laughing hysterically. And I looked at Ben and said, hey, you know, if we did that, they'd kick us out of here. Like they'd cart us out of here in a second if we did that. What happens between that and us? Like, Where's the playfulness? So this idea that getting up every day and being focused on on bringing more play and joy to people's lives, even if it's just for an hour, to me is, is great. Yeah, it's inspiring. It's exciting. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that also. I'm curious how you think about the growth of golf in general, right? We, we've touched on it a couple of times now, just talking about the growth of golf over the pandemic. I don't know the, the numbers for sure, and it's probably difficult even to calculate at this point, given that the pandemic has been going on for several years, but I've seen at least, you know, 25, 30, 40% growth in the amount of junior golfers and, and, and recreational golfers for sure. While people were, you know, trying to get outdoors and play sports and stuff like that. Is that something that you guys expect to continue? Is it something that you don't necessarily look as much at because you're more of an entertainment company that doesn't require traditional golfers? Like just talk me through kind of your, your general thoughts on the growth of golf and where you see that going. 
I mean, golf has really grown since the pandemic started. I think at some point, the percentage of growth in golf will level out, but it's continuing to grow. It's been proven the NGF has recognized us as being one of the key sources to bringing new people into the game of golf. And that's the thing that I'm really excited about is the fact that we're bringing more diversity and a little bit more of an inclusive mindset to the game of golf. You're seeing new people play. You're seeing a tremendous amount of new brands popping up, new apparel brands that are changing the the look and the feel, you know, the overall aesthetic of the game of golf is changing and all these new up and coming brands. So we're a big part of supporting some of these new brands that are coming up. We want golf to grow. I mean, our business can grow if golf doesn't grow, but we want golf to grow and we want to be one of the contributors to its growth. And, and we're doing that. Yeah. And I know one of the big stories of last year was the merger between Topgolf and, and Callaway. I think that was probably over a year ago now. Talk to me through just kind of challenges that that brings and, and, and the value that it brings. I'm assuming that there's some synergies there that you guys are able to rely on and they can rely on that maybe make your job easier in the long run, but more challenging in the short run. If you could just talk through kind of some of that stuff. Sure. I think the merger was about a year and a half ago. I've been with the company 11 months and I can honestly tell you, I haven't seen a single bit of friction or any issues whatsoever with our relationship with Callaway. Our relationship with Callaway has been amazing. Chip Brewer, the CEO of Callaway is terrific. He understands the idea of modern golf. In fact, I think he coined the, the term modern golf and this idea of where the game is going, that the game is on course, off course, video games, virtual reality. It's everywhere. It's permeating culture. So our relationship with Callaway has been great. There's synergies there. Obviously we sell apparel, we sell golf balls, we do fittings in some of our venues. And, you know, we need a lot of golf balls and a lot of golf clubs to run our business. It's been terrific. They've also got a couple other brands like Travis Matthew and OGO bags. So there's a tremendous amount of synergy in terms of the things that the products we have access to that we can then in turn sell in our in our venues yeah it was one of those deals where you see it come up and you're like ah yeah that kind of makes sense right like just just looking at it face value there's just too many synergies on the surface level to complain about something like that so yeah the interesting thing is we're not forcing the synergy like that's the thing you know a lot of times one company buys another company and then all of a sudden all these synergies are forced we're coming together in natural places where we complement each other we we operate in a very different place than you know callaway performance business does so it allows us to cover a more broad piece of the field, if you will, or the fairway, I guess. Yep, de definitely. Where do you guys think about expansion? Are there any like criteria that you guys take into mind? I mean, I'm sure there is, but like, what are those criteria? Like, where are you guys looking to expand? Just talk me through kind of expansion for a bit. Yeah, we're going to build over 50 venues in the U.S. in the next five years. So there's a tremendous amount of open space in the U.S. market alone that allows us to build. So we're looking for the right city, the right demographic population. And obviously we need a little bit of land to be able to build one of these. Yeah. We just want to be able to bring fun to as many people as we can. So tremendous upside opportunity for growth for us in terms of new venues. We, we're we're going to grow significantly just by opening new venues. And then also by focusing on our same venue sales to make sure that those that, that are same venues that have been open for over a year are still growing and growing as well. That's really our focus. What does that process look like? Kind of just analyzing how things have gone 12 months in and seeing where things can be improved? Yeah, it's looking at attendance, right? It's looking at awareness in a marketplace. It's funny, we have in markets that we compete in, we have about 50% 
little less than 50% awareness in the market. So there's venues that have been open five years that our awareness in the market is still 50%. So, And what does that mean, that, that 50% of the people there know Topgolf is there? Yeah, or even know Topgolf. So the other 50% okay. is an opportunity for us to introduce ourselves for the very first time. To me, that's exciting that there's there's built-in opportunity in these marketplaces. So yeah, we're not saturated by any means in any marketplace, which says to me there's long-term growth opportunities in existing venues as well as long-term growth opportunities in the new ones that we build. And as the CMO, how do you think about marketing in new venues, right? So you go open a venue, I'm sure you guys have it down to a science at some point of just like kind of what's required to get up and running, how you guys do things, the advertising perspective and marketing. Mm -hmm. Like, What is your strategy around that? Well, I think first and foremost, it's coming into the marketplace early enough so that we can let people know we're coming. Like we started marketing in the Los Angeles market months and months before we actually opened our doors, going into the communities, making friends with the right people in the communities, making sure we're, we're a good citizen in the, in the communities as we show up and get to know folks. And then, you know, we work with corporations to let them know we have a big events business. We do a lot of corporate events. So we, we're on the ground ahead. We do, yeah, we do traditional advertising, not a ton of TV. We do mostly digital, some out-of-home stuff. And our venues, in many cases, are in great locations next to big highways. So they do, they, you know, they do a lot of marketing themselves just by having the, the venue there, the presence of the venue in general. I've noticed that. I assume that was intentional. It's basically like you can always see a top golf venue from the highway, basically. Yeah. I live here in Miami and I don't think there's one necessarily in Miami, but I know there's one on the highway and I've seen it because basically anytime you come from up north, you see it coming down. Right. And you know, we're always like, hey, we gotta stop there, stop there, stop there. Which is great because you guys obviously benefit tremendously from people just seeing the venue, like, oh, yeah. what is that massive structure that people are hitting golf balls at me from? <laughs> right. I think that's that's obviously a huge component of it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun. I tell you, I've been here, like I said, I've been here 11 months and like every single day just keeps getting better and better. It's so, so much fun to be here. And the no, the no TV and more digital stuff. I'm assuming that's because most of your customer base, the people you're marketing to are, are commonly more on those platforms versus traditional TV. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll use traditional TV when it makes sense. If it makes sense, if there's an opportunity, but most of our marketing, I mean, our strongest marketing is our experience. Right. Years ago, I worked at Starbucks. Howard Schultz taught me the importance of the experience as the marketing. And so our what we call the folks that work in our venues, we call playmakers and the playmakers make or break someone's experience. And word of mouth is our strongest marketing vehicle. We get tremendous support from our players who come in on a Tuesday night with their friends and film themselves and post to their social media channels. Like word of mouth is extremely important for us and it's extremely strong for us. But again, we focus on making sure we're providing our players with the best opportunity to play, have fun, laugh, have a good time. They're going to speak on our behalf. And we see that every single day. Has your golf game got any better since joining? <laughs> it's funny. I, I'll tell you a quick story that's really serendipitous. So I played a lot of golf when I was younger, played golf in college, got married. Yeah stopped playing golf because golf at the time was a lot of time and a lot of money and I didn't have either. So I stopped playing for 20 years and I was at Coca-Cola and I had the opportunity to, to play at East Lake with Jordan Spieth, his agent, and a couple of people that worked at Coke. And I chose not to play because I hadn't played in 20 years. So I just walked the course with Jordan Spieth and he gave me grief the entire time about why I wasn't playing. And I was like, look, you would have to say 
oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. When really, I'm so bad that it's not okay. So he said to me at the end of the round, the next time I see you, you better be playing golf. So the next day, I went to PGA Superstore and I bought a set. This is true. I bought a set of Callaway clubs. And I thought to myself, I'm not a member of a country club. I need to take golf lessons. And I had been to a Top Golf once a year before with my dad and my brother in Tampa. I was like, oh, I bet, I bet Top Golf has lessons. I called Top Golf Midtown in Atlanta and took lessons for 18 months. True story. And then, and then, months later, I got the call to join the company, and I was like, "You're not going to believe this." Like, <laughs> I, I fell back in love with the game of golf because of Top Golf. So it was super easy to sell me on this job. I was like, I was excited yeah. to join. <laughs> have you have you played with Jordan since? I have not played with him since, but I've seen him since. And you told him, "Hey, man, I'm back in the, I'm back in the game." I'm like, dude, it's your fault. Like, it's you're the one that got me here. Like, yeah, I had to change had a big jobs. I did all yeah, this totally, totally. It was really funny. I said, you are the one that gave me the nudge that led me back to the game. And I never would have gotten the opportunity to come to Top Golf because I never would have been like, oh, I don't play golf. Yeah. Unless I had had that nudge from Jordan and I had taken lessons at Top Golf and I, thought it was terrific and it was super low intimidation. I couldn't make contact with the ball my first two lessons. Yeah. And I had this woman work with me and she was terrific. And now I can, you know, I can hit the ball pretty well. I'm still a horrible golfer. I don't talk about my handicap or anything like that. But you know, I, I enjoy playing. Yeah, that's the important part, right? It reminds me of yeah. I, I know someone who has a friend that was actually literally you won't believe this, was invited to play at Michael Jordan's country club with Michael Jordan. Oh, the group wow. right. and turned it down because they couldn't golf. They were like, no, like literally yeah. I can't golf. I'm, I'm horrible. I'm going to embarrass myself. I just can't do it. And part of me is like, who cares? Right? Like you, you just got to go. Uh, that's <laughs> exactly. an opportunity you don't yeah. turn down. But part of me is also like, that's kind of the important piece of just being able to hit the ball, right? Not even necessarily be yeah. great, just being able to get up and down no matter kind of how long it takes, because Definitely. you never know when these opportunities are going to come up. You know, these are obviously extremes that we're talking about, but just the, the ability to get around. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Years ago, when I was at Coke, before I started playing golf, I got invited by CBS to play Augusta the day after the Masters. And I turned, I, I gave it to someone that worked for me. I was like, hey, you play a lot of golf, right? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I got invited to play Augusta. You go. And my dad, still to this day, is like, I can't believe you didn't. I can't believe you didn't play it. I'm like, well, I wasn't playing. I didn't want to embarrass the game of golf yeah. for myself or anybody. But, you know, I wanted to give it to somebody that's more worthy of it than me. I'm sure you were the best boss that person has ever had <laughs> after that. <laughs> they, uh, that's certainly something that they don't forget, I'm sure, which is great. That's awesome. Right. All right. Last question is like, what is your goal, right? Like if we looked at Top Golf in five years, outside of kind of just venue expansion and more revenue and a bigger business, like what is the goal for you guys? I know you talk about people having more fun and all these things, but like, what is success? If you were to just point out and say, like, if we do this in five years, like, I'm going to be super proud and be super happy. Everyone is going to be rewarded. Like, what does that look like for you and your team? Sure. It looks like venue growth. It looks like expansion. It looks like building, making sure our brand is strong and healthy. But the thing that we get up every morning focused on is this idea of play and bringing a little bit more fun to the world and seeing the face of the game of golf change. I will be happy. When I look back 
on my career and see different faces, different nationalities, different races playing the game of golf on TV on a Sunday, right? And knowing that we had a small part in bringing new people and introducing new people and saying to people that don't have access to the game, come on in, you know, and let's get started and let's have some fun while we're doing it. So honestly, this is, I've worked at some amazing places and this is the place that I'm going to always remember because we're making, we're going to make an impact on this game of golf. And it's not every day someone offers you an opportunity to change, enhance, expand a sport that's been around for more than a hundred years. To me, man, that's, that's everything. I would actually argue that you guys probably don't get enough credit for that, right? Because I think some people get lost in the thought of just like capitalism, right? And they're like, ah, the business is growing. It's expanding. They did this merger. It's a big company. They're making X amount of money in revenue. But at the end of the day, like if everyone wants to grow the game of golf, and if you want to see different people playing the game of golf, than traditionally golf is a damn expensive sport to get into. If you want to go to the country club, if you want to buy a set of clubs, if you want to practice every day, if you want to play rounds and Top Golf has built this concept and, and popularized this concept where you can get interested for dollars amounts, right? Relative to kind of what you would have to do elsewhere. And maybe people go and they they learn that they suck and they hate it and they don't ever want to go again. That's okay, I'm assuming, right? Right. But sure. then you get these people that go, they hit the ball a few times, they love it. Maybe they go back, maybe they buy a set of clubs, maybe they go to the country club after that or, or, or a public course or something like that. And I would argue that you guys are probably introducing and maybe you guys even have numbers around this, but much more people to the broader game of golf that wouldn't ever go to a country club than people realize. That's right. We are. And you, you talk about credit. There's a famous quote, not a famous quote, but a quote that used to be etched in the, in the wall at Coke. It was by Robert Woodruff. And it said, there's no limit to what you can do if you don't care who gets the credit. Yeah. It was something that I always used to walk by and look at and think that's a pretty important statement. So we're not, we're not in it for the credit of changing yeah. or, or bringing new people. We're, we're in it to bring a little bit of joy and a little bit of fun to people's lives through the game of golf and show people that like, it doesn't have to be an overly intimidating game and it can be fun. And, you know, you can laugh and, you know, even when you miss the ball, it's totally cool. We just, we just want you to come back and keep having fun. So yeah, we're, we're bringing new people in. Your friends may laugh at you, but, but other than that, top golf doesn't care. Yeah. We call it a practice win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that, that's what I call it. Even if I'm on the real course. I love that. All right, Jeff, thank you so much for doing this. This was great. Where can I send people if they want to learn more about kind of what you guys are working on or your future plans or the growth of Topgolf in general? Is there a website or social media or somewhere else? Yeah, you can look us up on all the socials, Instagram, you know, we're everywhere. We're, we're, we're on all the socials. And then obviously you can go to topgolf.com and learn about where we have venues and all that stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much, man, for doing this. I hope we can do this again in five years and and we've hit the expansion number, maybe even exceeded it. And we can talk about what the next five years entail. Yeah, let's put it on the calendar right now. Let's do it. (laughs) Love it. Thanks. All right, man. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I appreciate you listening to The Joe Pomp Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. And if you are looking for additional content, Check out my daily newsletter at readhuddleup.com or follow me on Twitter at Joe Pompliano. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next time.